your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday. Thursday already, kind of fast week. Brad just told me it's daylight savings or the opposite. Is it daylight savings or the opposite of daylight saving time this weekend? Just like, yeah, the sun will be out <laughs> a little earlier, so to speak. Uh, but also we lose an hour of our weekend. So that's meh. Oh, God. Well, you have to hook this up, Brad, if you're going to yell at me. Yeah. All right. What's what's your problem? And fall back. Spring ahead, fall back. But spring, which one, which spring, one am I we are, we are heading to, well, we're saving the daylight that uh, comes in, or usually comes early in the day, and we're saving it for later in we're the evening. We're saving it now, and then later we're, we're yeah, that, that That way, instead of getting it early in the morning, we're putting it at the end of the day so we can enjoy it at 7 o'clock, at 8 o'clock so at that's night. that's the savings? Or that's what? what they say. I don't know who they are. The, the people who came up with Daylight Saving, which always uh, people think it was Ben Franklin. It, he had something to do with it. but uh, The guy that invited the light bulb? No, that's Edison. <laughs> oh, that's Thomas Edison. <laughs> no, no, Ben Franklin was the guy with the kite and the key and the, you know. Something. Lightning, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty but, close. Uh, but, yeah, so spring ahead, in the spring, we move the clock ahead, and in the fall, we yeah, fall back. Your saying doesn't exactly explain quote unquote daylight saving. I didn't make up the saying. I know, but you come in here <laughs> but th- you thunder in here. But you like didn't you couldn't it. remember which one was which, so right. I was trying to help. But that didn't help. Okay. You know what's gonna help this thing called Google. You're gonna Google it. I'm the human Google. Yeah I know. Well but, sometimes I don't know. Well yeah, so it the second Sunday of March is when we turn the clocks ahead. First Sunday of November is when we turn it back. Yeah. We could get rid of. We could get rid of that. We could go whatever the clocks are when we, when we come back uh, after the weekend. We could leave the clocks like that. Yeah. Fact, well, some people have decide have thought that's a good idea. Have it daylight saving time all year round, and then we we don't have those four o'clock dark days in the middle of the winter. Yeah, I believe that's what we do in Arizona. I think Arizona. Arizona, that. yeah, and uh, and Hawaii. Hawaii, they don't care because it's Hawaii. I feel like there's a weird, like Ohio or somebody. Indiana used to, and I think they all, I think the whole state is on the same time right now. So, but Arizona, yeah, definitely. While I'm bugging, while you're in here, while (laughs) while I'm bugging you, yeah, you're bugging me. But the city council meeting is tonight. What are the? Can you just bullet point the top three things? Oh yeah, they uh, homeless, homeless, and homeless. not not necessarily in that order. Okay, they are going to talk about uh, extending. There's actually a, a last-minute addition to the agenda, which is going to be like for 10 minutes one of the committees is going to meet. They are going to perhaps extend the Econo Lodge deal for another two months. So that's supposed to come to an end at the end of this month. And then the people who have been staying there, the homeless people, would have to go somewhere else, perhaps, Huska. Yeah. But uh, the possibility is they'd spend $370,000 for extending it another two months because they don't have a specific plan right now for what to do with them. That now, put us just over the million-dollar mark now. On, it could, on, it for the very well could be. Yeah. And uh, now there's also that uh, proposal to not designate Huska Park as a campground 
where the homeless people could go during the spring and summer. That was uh, turned <laughs> the the That's idea the of reversing it turned down. So so what the uh, the council is being asked to not make it a campground so that they're not there. But the uh, feeling of the committee was no, let's let's keep it as a campground. At least they'd all be in one place rather than spread out all over the city. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there there may be something on that. If there may be- also be people coming in with a petition which has been put together in the last two days. It's not on the agenda. It, it, there would have to be a special dispensation to put it on the agenda for this month, so it might come up next month. The idea of don't buy the Maple Grove Motel to put the homeless in. Yeah, and that, we have that story at wisdomnews.com. I think it's the third one on the top stories list. Um, when something fails in committee like it did last week, the Chris Woodard proposal to end the Huska Park campground deal, that failed the committee. Why is the But it council? still moves ahead to the council. It's basically the committee recommended. Here's okay. what we recommended that you do, and, and the vote last week in committee was keep it as a campground for this year. Okay, I just wanted the civics lesson there. Thank you. Okay. All right, thanks, Brad. All right, 608-785-7914. That's not what we're talking about today, or daylight savings time, although maybe, you know, later. Uh, but we're going to talk about gas prices. So if anyone has any questions on why... The gas price is so high or just wants to, to, to shoot me a text, I guess. Anything, anything related. You got questions because I'm going to have a gas buddy expert on. He's the gasbuddy.com. His name is Patrick DeHaan, and he is the head of the petroleum analysis there at Gas Buddy. Uh, this is an app you can, you can get. It's, it's pretty handy, especially now. I think maybe it'll get really popular uh, when you're, if you want to try to find the cheapest place for gas if you're going on kind of a longer trip whether that's a couple hours or you know a couple days you can you could pull up the gas buddy app and it'll you could just kind of look at the map and see where you you might be able to save some pennies all right welcome back to the crosstalk pm 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line although it's just going to be the text line for now because i have patrick don dion on with Gas Buddy, he's the petroleum analysis analyst and analyst. It says analyst. He has petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy. He's been doing that for 13 years. I just I just copied and pasted, and I didn't uh, I didn't grab the right sentence. Um, you've been doing that for 13 years. Uh, are you the most popular person? Is this the most popular you've ever been, Patrick? I don't know if popular is the right word, but the phone has certainly been uh, ringing off the hook. Yeah, in demand, I should say, right? <laughs> there, there, there you go. I'm not popular because I'm bringing all the bad news. Right. Um, okay, 13 years, so 2010-ish, 2009-ish. So right on the the end of maybe the last time gas was this high, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, well, um, it's been a long time. So, yeah, it was just after the recession in 2008 brought prices up to just a bit a little, a little bit higher than where they are today. Yeah, for well, I see. Uh, I wrote some some of your notes down from uh, one of your stories. July 17, 2008, all time record four dollars and ten cents a gallon. So kind of right at where we're at. Um, and you weren't you weren't at Gas Buddy. Were you doing this back then in 2008? This kind of analysis. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was. I was. I was. Uh... I was writing forecasts and predictions for a blog back in the day. And as I look here, by the way, Wisconsin's not quite at the uh, all-time record that 
so many other states are. You'll you'll get there. Four twelve is Wisconsin's record. So just wait a I mean, day. Hey, you, you you might not get there. Yeah, you don't think so? Are we gonna? Are we? Have we hit the top of the mountain here for for gas prices? Well, it, it, it's going to be a close call. Usually, stations are a couple days behind in in pushing price changes. Having said that, the price of oil and the wholesale price of gasoline has absolutely plummeted the last couple days. And so that should give stations an opening here to start, well, at least stop raising prices, mm-hmm. uh, maybe start lowering them in the next few days. But we'll, we'll have to see. It's, it's going to be a really close call. Now, this, is, this seems like a weird campaign strategy for Joe Biden uh, as we head into an election year. Not his election year, but he's raising gas prices to get Democrats uh, elected. That's, not, that's, that's, that's how that works, right? I mean that that that's what some of the that's what some of the you know political talking heads might tell you, um, but that that's certainly not somebody you know politics does not enter into my field. Um, that is you know a lot of people like to bring politics into oil prices because they are experts. The same folks that do brain surgery on the weekends. Um, well- I think it's we want someone to blame Patrick, right? There's like the prices are at an all time high. I'm pissed. I can't. What am I going to do? Point to the BP sign and be like BP. Uh, So Biden's in power. So I want to blame somebody. I'm going to blame that old 80 year old dude. Yeah, that that that's right. I mean, hey, that that's popular, right? I mean, hey, he got me fired. It wasn't my behavior. It was President Biden got me fired or Trump or whoever. I mean, everyone's blaming politicians. It's just. <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're escaping personal responsibility nowadays, uh, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, for sure. I brought I brought up the fact that you've been doing this 13 years and right on the cusp, and you were doing analysis and you know back when gas is at about this price back in 2008. Only because I wanted to bring in the and I the, just the idea that we have a lot more ability to look at social media. I think social media has just exploded in the last couple of years, uh, and, and and it seems like a bigger deal. Now, but is that probably because of social media? I mean, it, it's a, it's a, the prices are high, but man, we're really exposed to it at every which, every which way we look. Oh, we, yeah. we got it on our hand you know, the, the whole time in our phone. All of this, all of this information is proliferated instantly, and people have become experts at everything. That's what social media has done. These people, you know, some of them, and, and I'm not a brain surgeon. It's like I'm going to share my expertise on brain surgery. I mean, that's that's what the equivalent it is. These people. Um, you know, some of them speak outside of their wheelhouse. Like, you know, they make work in a restaurant and they start talking about, you know, prices of hospitals and they're just, I don't have any idea about prices on hospitals, but I don't masquerade and say I do either. And some people like to like to be in all lanes on the highway, so to speak. And I, I try to keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, I got a call-in show. So if it's not me pretending I'm an expert on whatever I'm talking about, <laughs> I, uh, my callers are. Uh, the U.S. is the biggest oil producer in the world. Can we just say, hey, we're going to keep all our oil. Uh, we're not going to give it to anybody else. And we're going to do all the stuff. We're going to do America first policy with oil. And then just can we get out of the market and then uh, and, and be selfish like that? Would that, would it, would that work? It would. I mean, we could do that for a year or two until oil companies started reducing investments because prices are, you know, prices are capped essentially by keeping it here. They would they would lower production because if supply got too high, they don't want to drain themselves or, or you know flood the market themselves. So they would they would lower production. So it doesn't it doesn't really work the way Americans want it to. America wants us to be fenced off. 
And then when we have problems, they don't want us to be fenced off. So we can't have it both ways. And mm-hmm. oil is a global commodity. You all remember, I think, 2015, there was a, there was a speaking of BP, the, the BP refinery in Whiting, uh, northwest Indiana, which is the biggest refinery in the region, went down unexpectedly overnight, and prices went up 75 cents a gallon. And gasoline started flowing into the region from outside of it. That's a primary, that's a, that's a perfect reason why you don't want to be fenced off, because do you, do you want to stop, do you want to stop us from getting help when we do need it? So you're saying the oil, essentially it. you're saying the oil market is socialism. I, I don't know if I would, <laughs> I would say socialism, but it moves every way and it, it's free. It can move right now. It can, yeah. right. And you don't want it to be fenced off. Uh, you want global trade because then product will flow in from outside your borders. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, prime example of that, actually, is Hawaii has some of the nation's highest prices. They tried to cap their price of gasoline. A bunch of smart politicians who think they knew everything about oil markets and economics Mm -hmm. said, hey, why are we paying so much? Let's just cap the price. Within six months, they removed that law from the books because (laughs) it backfired. Oil companies stopped supplying the market. Yeah, I mean, there's a well, and I argue this all the time, and you're going to tell me how this it doesn't work like this. But uh, the Chevrons, the BPs, the Shells—they're making more profits now than they ever have uh, before, I believe. And but the prices are at an all-time high. So are they? Are they just trying to uh, please the shareholders, so to speak, at our expense? Well, literally. Yeah, I, I mean, they're 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 making more, but they were losing billions. I mean, they, they get it both sides, right? You can't have your cake and eat it, too. So back in 2020, during the height of the pandemic, they lost tens of billions of dollars. They let go tens of thousands of employees. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they get it. Oil has, oil has been very much a boom-bust cycle. It was a bust from 2015 through COVID, really. And now we're going back to a boom cycle. And guess what? The boom cycle will induce another bust. It's just a matter of time. Because now all the money is going to be flowing back into oil. We're going to raise our production. Oil companies, I mean, $115 or $110 a barrel, that's incentive. That's a very strong incentive to raise production. And that's what oil companies will do. Now, because of COVID, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of, su- of supply chain issues that, that extend to drilling. We could have a million permits. Biden could sign them all. We could have 5,000 Keystone Pipelines. The problem is we don't have the oil to put in the, key, the 5,000 Keystone Pipelines. The problem is we have no people to drill for those million permits. The problem is all of these supply chain issues, a shortage of steel, wellheads, engines that operate these rigs, people. And that's, that's why we're, we're kind of in a unique situation here is, is the market is not in a position to respond quickly to the rise in price because, you know, things were made much worse by COVID. And I, I was talking to uh, – uh, Oil producers, a, a driller up in Alberta, uh, the tar sands, and they said that parts, some of the parts <clears throat> that they rely on to run the rig, aren't six to eight days from delivery. They aren't six to eight weeks from delivery. They're six to eight months, and they're lucky if they get it at that eight-month time frame. Yeah, same with my couch. <laughs> well, that's because you're shipping through USPS, but... <laughs> Yeah, if I want to go get a couch or like a washer or refrigerator, they're all that's all that's all the same deal. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going through the I same mean, dilemmas. It is. It's, it's raw materials, right? Everywhere you turn. 
I mean, remember the the price of lumber, and it's it, it had crept back up again. Okay, but but what I about mean, but what about this? We're speaking with Patrick Dehan. He's the uh, petroleum analyst at GasBuddy.com. What about this, Patrick? The the price just skyrocketed though, and it it coincides with the Ukraine dilemma. So why why what is it about the Ukraine dilemma that, that causes the skyrocketing of the price? It's because Russia is one of the world's largest oil producers. And we have de facto blocked their oil from supplying the world market. In right. essence, it's kind of like the housing market. Just imagine somebody took away, you know, a quarter of the houses on the market. What's going to happen to the remaining ones? Well, suddenly you have a lot more buyers for a lot fewer houses. Well, that's kind and of people are going to get more desperate, and they're going to their bids are going to go up and up. It's not too unfamiliar than that. It's supply and demand. Yeah, that's lacrosse in a nutshell, right now, actually. So exactly is. right. You got fifty offers for one house. That's the oil market right now. Is that Russia and the sanctions removed a bunch of homes, moved a bunch of oil from the market? Guess what? There's still the same amount of buyers. Everyone's still filling their tank up at the same pace. So boom, prices go up. What's Russia, about 30% of the, the world's oil? Uh, about 10%. Okay, I was way off. What are we? We are, well, about 12%. So 12%. we're just above that. Okay, so everyone's kind of, and, and we're the top, right? We're the top at 12%, yeah, so that's not a that's We're not the a top, huge Saudi Arabia there. So, you, you know, us, Russia, and Saudi Arabia are about 30%, a little over, well, maybe call it a third of global oil supply. Okay. So, you know. Whatever happens in Russia or Saudi Arabia, if it's terrorist attacks, you remember they had drone attacks in 2019? That caused oil to jump, too. And what happens here? If somebody were to sabotage, you know, something, and it would, you know, or a major hurricane shuts in all our oil production, it affects everyone globally, and, okay, not just us. And you say the, the, we're, we're, we're at a peak. We're not going to – oil's probably not going to go up much. Diesel maybe will probably go up maybe. Um, but uh, – but yeah. the the EU, I think, uses – I might have this number wrong, but they get 40% of their oil from Russia, so they're Correct. not going to do that anymore. I don't know how quickly they can just say, we're done. We're done taking Russian oil. They're going to have to get it from somewhere, which means the demand uh, is going to be you know quite high from yeah, everyone I, else. I mean, it, it, if the EU sanctioned Russia, if they said, we don't want your oil, or if Russia said the opposite – Oil prices will easily go up to you know one fifty one seventy five because that that's going to further tip the balance of global supply and demand. Remember what I said the analogy about houses. Well, then all of a sudden you remove you know half of the half houses that are left, and then just go imagine prices okay. are just going to escalate. But for now, it does look like we'll get a little bit of relief. Oil prices have gone down twice uh, in two days. It's not quite the all clear. I mean, keep in mind Russia is still in the midst of war with Ukraine, so there could be developments, but. I'm a little optimistic that short term we may have seen a peak and that maybe in the next week prices should stabilize. They may even fall. But keep an eye on the price of oil. Okay, two two things. Why why is the price in California so much more than lacrosse, so to speak? Or Wisconsin? They have a special blend, they have the nation's highest gasoline taxes, they have a a cap and trade program which basically bills motorists for emitting okay. uh, uh emitting you know emissions so essentially the, so they have they have about a dollar fifty in taxes or a dollar forty in extra taxes okay that makes sense and then why are there two stations in lacrosse uh kind of by the mall oddly enough uh that are 10 cents cheaper than the rest of just the area including minnesota they're always 10 cents cheaper if i'm gonna if i can e my way drive my car on e my way to the <laughs> other end of town i will do it to save that dollar 12 on you know 12 gallons <laughs> 
They, I mean, hey, they have a captive audience there at the mall. Maybe there's a lot of traffic, and they just compete at a higher at a higher rate than everyone else because they know there's so much traffic, and it seems like there's two stations, so maybe they go back and forth undercutting each other. Okay, yeah, because it's right off I-90. I wouldn't say that the mall is pulling in traffic. We just auctioned off the mall, actually, Patrick. <laughs> Literally uh, yesterday we did that, or two days ago. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely not the mall, but it is. Just these two stations there. You're right. There aren't any gas stations all that close to there. But there's gas stations right off the highway in other places, you know, like two miles away that are a little bit less accessible. It just seems really weird that that one is 10, those two are 10 cents cheaper all the time. Sure. Maybe there's some bad blood there. Maybe the station owners don't like each other and they keep, you know, warring on price. <laughs> it's good for consumers. Um, how can, can you predict the price of gas like a month, two months, three months? Is that even possible is it, or is it like the weather? I mean, at this point, it's probably even even tougher than the weather. The weather, you'll have more predictability now. Hey, it's going to be warm in three months. Well, I don't know what Russia's going to do in Ukraine in three months. Nobody can read Putin. So I think at this point, the weather is the easier to forecast. Um, and then are the prices in other countries uh, as ridiculous as we f- we're feeling it here? Uh, the, the, the U.S. is ridiculously cheap compared to most other countries out there. In Canada, the equivalent is now like about six fifty a gallon. Okay, so we shouldn't be complaining that much. I mean, if you look around you, everyone mocks us for being a little soft when prices go up to this. Okay, and then is this out of your wheelhouse, just killing the gas tax? Uh, That's what we've been talking about. Uh, Does that have any long-term effects, or do you think that's a good idea? Or is that out of your wheelhouse? I mean, it's not really. I mean, uh, depending on what you're talking about, the federal gas tax is only 18 cents. Every politician has seemingly wanted to spend more money on infrastructure, and that's what it'll rob. And at the same time, it may not deliver a whole lot of relief because, like I said, stations may be two to four days behind on raising prices. So it may not cause price to go down that 18.4 cents. Instead, it could eat into how much stations have to raise prices. So instead, don't expect a, a big drop just because it happens. Instead of killing the gas tax, what about if we give uh, everybody an, an EV, an electric vehicle? <laughs> I, I think you'll probably be waiting 25 years for all those EVs then to, to be delivered. I mean, that would be a heck of a backlog. Are you are you criticized at work for driving an electric vehicle? Or is, That seems weird. It's, if you're the gas and an, analyst, but you drive an EV, right? I, I don't drive an EV. Oh, you don't? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I might have been joking with you earlier because I, I, I figured, you know, a petroleum guy has to drive a car. Yeah, I have a... I have a Mazda CX-5 that I drive everywhere. Okay, yeah, I've, yeah, I th- you were joking. Okay, I thought maybe you did. Well, I mean, Chicago, there's probably some infrastructure. <laughs> you, never, you never know. I mean, a lot of other people have EVs here. I just like spending money on gas. Yeah, well, in Chicago, there's some infrastructure to, to quote-unquote, fill your yeah, battery we, up yeah, there. Yeah, we, we can take the train, too. It's a lot easier. My car, I, I, I don't drive it a lot, but I do have a internal combustion engine. I was, I was hoping that you would say you had, like, a Ford F-350 Dually <laughs> diesel with, you know... <laughs> <laughs> the antennas on the side and maybe some side yeah pipes. sure i don't think i could fit that in my garage here <laughs> <laughs> all right man hey i really appreciate you spending some time with us uh, i know you're super busy and uh hopefully you're not as popular in a week let's hope prices go down hey thanks for having me all right thanks pat all right that was patrick dehan uh, petroleum analysis and i keep saying that petroleum analyst at gasbuddy.com uh he's he's very popular so i was really appreciative to get him on today all right, we got to take a break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914. That's the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, it's, we're free for all in it now. 
thanks again to Patrick DeHaan with GasBuddy.com for coming on and having a, a little conversation. It sounds like the prices are about as high as they're going to get for now. I, I, and he said that it's harder than it's harder to predict the price now than it is the wet to predict the weather. But um, I think I I don't. I'm not going to say he's wrong, but if the EU decides they're going to completely pull out of Russia for oil, which I think they get 40% of their oil from Russia, then prices are going to go way up because they're going to have to get their oil from somewhere. And uh, it was interesting, too, the, the, the idea that if we just we completely cut ourselves off from the rest of the world in terms of oil. Cause this is, this is kind of the, the thing, right? Like China, China builds a whole bunch of stuff, right? And we buy it from China and China uses slave labor and uh, the materials, you know, they don't have to pay all that overhead for, for workers, let alone materials. And uh, we get that stuff a lot cheaper than if we had to build it here. Uh, but, you know, it's more morally, it's, that's not a great thing. <laughs> and, uh, some of that stuff's just cheaper physically, right? Like, just listen to my dad. You can't buy any of that stuff from China. Uh, number three is on the air. Go ahead, number three. My wife buys my gas. Oh, that's good. That's good. She's got a... Can I talk, can I talk to Maple Grove Motel for a minute? Oh, yeah, definitely. I have. A, I'm, I was reading a letter from the Salvation Army to the city about Maple, about the whole homeless situation. But the, let's set it up first, number three. The Maple Grove Motel is what the city has purchased to uh, use as bridge housing for the homeless. Bridge housing is like the middleman, so to speak, of housing, going from no housing to bridge housing to eventually, hopefully, permanent housing in, in one way or the other. Okay, what's your what's your spiel on Maple Grove? Well, I read all the article on your page today. Uh, everything is copacetic with what I said. Now, here's the thing. I haven't brought this up yet, but... The Maple Grove Motel is in need of repair. I told you that a couple of weeks ago that it was getting run down. Yeah, it's, it sounds like in the $1.5 million they used, I think they put $1.2 million to buy the motel, and then uh, the the other two or $300,000 would be to renovate it. Because Yeah, well, they're going to put up about 30 little houses there, too, behind it. Yeah, okay. Towards the road drive. Now, here's the thing. That motel was inspected by the county health department saying that it is fit to be a motel. So, in other words, I could take my bride of 59 years Go stay there over the weekend on a honeymoon, and everything would be good up to snuff the way it should be. Except your marriage. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But here's the thing I'm getting at. If it's good enough for me as the wife or you to stay there, why isn't it good enough for the homeless people to stay there? Well, you just said they're going to add they're going to add other units, right? Well, they're going to put up 30 small units they want to. Okay. But yet they got to do a lot of remodeling well, well, at the let's think, place. Well, let's think about what a motel room looks like versus what maybe bridge housing. Honestly, number three, I'm not an expert in bridge housing, but I would imagine there would have to be some sort of kitchen in the room, maybe. 
Well, it's it's on the internet. You can look up what those little houses are. But I'm not talking about the little houses, Rick. Well, I, I know you're not. You're talking about the rooms. Fixing up the motel the way it sits now. Right, but the the rooms that you use as a motel are going to be different than something that I'm going to stay in for six months as a as a bridge housing situation to get well, me into I could rent housing. this one out for. For 30 days or one day, it don't make any difference. If it's good for two weeks or a month, it should be good enough for anybody then. Right. So, so you, I don't know why they have to fix them up. So you don't want the city. Well, is it a capitalistic thing where the Maple Grove Motel maybe doesn't have the money to fix up the rooms, even though their safety inspection is okay? But, you know, the rooms, I mean, you, you could stay at the Ritz-Carlton or you could stay at the Maple Grove Motel on your honeymoon. What you going to pick if the price is the same? I go someplace else. Right. So, I mean, right. I mean the motel could be... what I'm be... saying is, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get what you're coming, where you're coming right. from. Right, Okay. That's all I got to say. So everybody that's listening to this and pays taxes in the city of La Crosse should wonder why we spent $1.5 million for something that's only worth $700,000. Okay. Now, you're, why is it only worth 700000 because that's what the county appraised it at. Oh. A little under $700,000 the county appraised it at. Okay. We paid $1.5 million for it. We paid more than what, the, well, what it's I think, worth. I think some of that money is for upgrades, but, I, but that's your problem with it, too. I get it. You're right. Okay. All right. Thanks All right. for the call. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Triple Tom, uh, Triple Tom's calling in. Triple Tom, you ready? Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, I agree 100% with number three. Um, it isn't going to be real convenient for them, Rick, but that's okay because uh, they're transitional, and we've got to figure out some way to move these people on. We can't give them permanent housing because the taxpayers in the city of La Crosse are already struggling to just live in their own house, not to mention buy somebody else a house. So <clears throat> either way, uh, I think number three was uh, dead on and accurate, and and um, it's important important that you take him serious because he's got a very good point. They can only tax the people so much in the city. All right, so you 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 want to help them but you but you don't want the maple I, what do you, where what are you where do you stand there? Bottom line is uh, I'm this, glad to help them. 90 this, days. We're going to help you for 90 days. Get on your feet. Well, if they uh, have mental issues, then we've got to probably go more into some kind of a situation where <clears throat> they are taken care of, yet uh, we've got to quit spending uh, motel rates to support them. Uh, put okay. them in an institution or do what you have to. The people that are healthy and capable, uh, they need to get up, get a job, and, and and uh, start taking care of their own housing rather than force the uh, retired people all over the city of La Crosse to uh, buy housing for not only themselves but for the homeless. It's time to start playing hardball. Start playing hardball with people that don't have homes. That's exactly right. <clears throat> all right. Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good to me. F you, people that don't have homes. Get out of here. Go jump in the river in the winter. Uh <laughs> is this Pete? Sorry, I don't. Yeah. Hey, Pete, go ahead. You're on the air with me. See, I'm just wondering. You know, I've I've been in this uh, this town since 1981, and I've seen a lot of mayors come and go. And now they got Mr. Mitch Reynolds, and he seems like he's giving away the the house here. And uh, 
Why is it? My question is, why is it he had your job at one time when he left the radio, people absolutely cheered that he was gone, and, and now he's the mayor of our city. What's up with that? Who, who's, who is cheering? I mean, everyone cheered when he left the radio. I think everyone cheered it, because I came. I, w- I well, took no, over. That, that, that could very well be because, you know, you're, you're from Minnesota. Didn't you get a parking ticket something the other day I read in the newspaper? I'm from, uh, I'm from the Appleton area. Oh, okay. Must be another Rick Solom over there. And yeah, I didn't. I didn't get down. a. I didn't get a parking ticket though. I, oh, I've gotten yeah. one warning. I think I'm at at my one warning, which is a zero dollar ticket. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't think anyone cheered when. In fact, I feel like the opposite happened as we transitioned from from Mitch to me. But I'll pretend that didn't. I, I'll pretend everybody cheered uh, that I took over. <laughs> it's laughable. Um, all right, so I think Trumple Tom might have been confusing a couple of things. I'm, I'm not sure, but the city tonight is the city council meeting. While well, they're meeting right now, in fact, I think pretty sure they are actually. They have a special committee meeting, and w- what's funny is the the committee meeting last week. You know, what, I'm, I I want to get into it, but I got to take a break. I just I, I noticed that it's 5:50. All right, we got a couple minutes, but I'll I'll get to this thing on the uh, the committee meetings in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914. I'm just going to rename the show Homeless Talk PM because, man, we talk about the homeless issue a lot for uh, the idea it's 150 people and um, people just really don't, you know, I, I get it's a lot of money we're, we're doing to uh, to shelter them at this point. I get it. Uh, but, it, man, it just dominates. We we And I talked about gas today. For crying out loud, you guys didn't want to. Just roll over on the gas talk. I just can't believe it. Um, Sarge did text in. He said prices because because I mentioned this to Patrick DeHaan. The uh, the price of gas at the the Quick Trip at the Woodman's on the other end of the town is always ten cents cheaper than the race the rest of the town. But uh, and I don't, Sarge texts in. He goes the price is cheaper because Woodman sets the market and every Woodman's has lower prices and then the Quick Trip closest to it has to match. Um, okay, I, I I don't know if that's true, but. Okay, Woodman's is setting the market for prices. It just seems weird. And then are all the other gas stations in town just making an extra, what, every 10 cents a gallon on us? Is that how that works? I don't know who's more petty, me or the gas stations. Uh, and then he says, if you watch the prices out there, the quick trip across from the Perkins always raises its price. Then a day later, if Woodman's doesn't raise their price, they lower it back to the Woodman's price. So uh, <laughs> we got price gouging by 10 cents a, a gallon. Um and then John texts in, how much did the property bring in tax revenue? The Maple Grove Motel property, that is now lo- no longer going to be bringing in tax revenue. So um, the city is in committee right now to discuss whether or not to spend another, I think, three or $400,000 to extend the Econolodge deal for the 100 or so homeless people. Uh, because you can't, if, if the deal ends April 1st, you can't go live in Hooska Park, which they're deeming campground, so that homeless people can congregate there again for the summer. As we well, maybe not even the whole summer. As we convert the Maple Grove Motel, which the city bought for about 1.5 million dollars, into bridge housing. Now the 1.5 million dollars isn't all for the motel. A lot of uh, some of that money, I think it was 300 thousand dollars, was to renovate it. 
And number three was asking if the the motel is good enough for me and you to go stay at now, why would we need to renovate it at all? Well, I think it's the, because some motels aren't as nice as other motels. And maybe uh, when you go to the Maple Grove Motel, I have no idea, but if I'm going to go, if I need a place to stay for the night cheap, uh, maybe I'll go to the Maple Grove Motel because it's the cheapest in town. And when I get there, it is the cheapest by looks uh, versus uh, another motel versus the Charmont, right? I'm going to pay a little bit more to stay at the Charmont because it's way nicer. I don't know. I've never stayed at the Maple Grove. So maybe the Maple Grove is is awesome and there's a chocolate on your pillow. I'm guessing not. So there probably needs to be some upkeep because you have to convert it into bridge housing a little bit. It's not just going to be a motel. So, and I understand people there, people are living there permanently now, uh, but it's it's a different situation. So there's going to have to be some some different factors that are going to cause it to, and, and some of that $300,000 might be to uh, build some different units for bridge housing. So that's where I'm at. I, I, it's, it's, it seems it's not the perfect plan. The perfect plan was to buy the Chamber of Commerce building downtown, right? That was That was a good plan, and then somebody heard about that plan. Uh, when the Chamber of Commerce building was for sale for so long, somebody heard about that plan, decided they didn't want homeless people congregating in downtown La Crosse at Bridge Housing, too close to, what, the Burger King there? Uh, Mitch Mitch came on the show Monday and, and was like, yeah, somebody came in and bought it from under us because they didn't want homeless people there. Uh, I think it was a $2.1 million cash offer. I don't know if they had it in a burlap sack, but it was a cash offer, uh, $2.1 million. Just so homeless people couldn't stay there? Was that really the reason? Seems That seems crazy. All right, that's all the time. Dr. Anthony Chagoski, UW Lacrosse political science professor tomorrow.